Welcome to DCAF with my special guest today, Justin, our the big boss man is here to fill in for Ron. I mean, whoa, for Mark. Oh, uh, Mark, thank God Mark is out of the country. Or Mark, is, Mark is gone, which means that my like spirit gets to rest for a couple of weeks because Justin <laughs> does make fun of me, but not to the degree that Mark does. And so I feel pretty safe. I feel pretty, I feel like I'm in a safe place here today. <laughs> I'll go easy on you. Yes, thank you. Um, one of the main reasons I wanted to have Justin on the podcast this week is because the legislative session ended last week. And for that, we are all thankful. Very grateful. <laughs> <laughs> we are now all sleeping. We are eating regular meals. Everything is good now, but everything wasn't good during the session. I, I kind of liked every year, kind of like to call it the good, the bad and the ugly. Like there were some good things. There were some things we didn't love, and there were some things that make me want to put my head through this plaster wall. So, Justin, give us a little rundown of everything that went down this this month or last yeah, month, I guess, I guess. I guess I'll take it in that order, too. So, like you said, every session we wind up doing some really good things, and this was no exception. Education in particular um, was a good year. Mm. Uh, the biggest uh, victory was that Governor Governor Lee's proposal to overhaul our education funding formula passed. Uh, and, the to, and to toot Justin's horn because he won't suit it himself, he was a huge part of that. You chaired a committee about how to do all of this. I don't even know. It goes so far over my head, and you were so in it that I just think that that was that was a huge thing for you and for Beacon to be part of. It really was. It was um, very rewarding, like you said, personally for me to be a part of it, but also for Beacon to champion that. We've talked for years about how barely half the money we spend on education makes it into the classroom. And this moves us to a truly a model that truly funds students, not systems, and could really set us up for success as a state long term. The cool thing is that every single public school child in the state will benefit uh, from this reform. And that's not something you can say uh, most of the time when it comes to to reform. So very, very proud of that one. Me also too. proud that for kids with special needs, uh, that we, we will be expanding uh, parental choice in our uh, school choice program for those kids. So right now about 35,000 kids are eligible uh, for the program. It's called the Individualized Education Accounts Program. Uh, essentially provide school choice for those kids with special needs. Dyslexia was added to that this year, uh, and that would, almost doubles the program in terms of eligibility. So that's a huge win uh, for you know, so for many choice. kids with dyslexia. It's it's so common. It's sad that it's so common, but it is so common. Yeah. Parents get frustrated because even when they get the diagnosis, they can't find, they can't access special care to help their children learn and then as I interviewed a, a woman a couple of weeks ago it's on our Facebook page once they get older and they master the English language to a degree then they start having to take a second language in the public school system there's there's just not a lot of good options to help these kids be able to cognitively handle this and so being able to help them with the parents tax dollars being returned such it's a huge thing. we saw some really powerful stories you know we've shared some on our social media, we heard some people testify in committee about the importance of this. So that one's, you know, really powerful, helping the kids who need it most. And, and, and there's a lot of value in that. Yeah. All right. Well, now we've hit the good. <laughs> Those are the highlights. There are some lowlights. There the are session. some others. We, we came up short in a few areas, uh, which, which was frustrating, like Airbnb. 
um, continues to get railed on by local governments. Food trucks are banned in some cities. So we said, you know, what can we do to help you know, small scale entrepreneurs, food truck operators, people who just want to rent out their home part time and prevent them from essentially being banned or uh, shut out from doing uh, these types of things by rogue local governments. We had we, we had some momentum in the legislature yeah. and passing some restrictions on this, but unfortunately, both of those efforts came up short. So so that was was frustrating to see that, you know, the local governments and their taxpayer funded lobby is still still have a lot of sway in the legislature. Yes, the local governments and their taxpayer funded lobbyists that met, might I mention those taxpayers are paying into a lot of property taxes for the Airbnb properties that they want to rent out and and yet the, that money is going to defeat them. It's very, very tricky, very tricky and very frustrating. Um, and now going to the ugly, the ugly to fund a new Titan Stadium. Um, this is one of the things we fought the hardest on uh, this legislative session. We've always opposed taxpayer funding for millionaires and billionaires to build their sports stadiums. The fact is average citizens rarely go to these things. You know, your, your mom, single mom working two jobs can't afford to go to a Titans game, yet she's going to be paying for it uh, potentially in higher taxes as a result of, of two bills that passed the legislature. One, to give $500 million in bonds to help fund the stadium from the state taxpayers, and then another to increase the hotel motel tax um, in Nashville, which essentially means all other Tennesseans who do come to Nashville for Titans games and for other purposes are going to be paying more as a result of that. Uh, we fought both of these efforts. Uh, unfortunately, they that while we had a lot of legislators stand up and talk about how wrong this was, it's not the role of government. One of the downsides of having such a fiscally responsible state uh, and having this huge surplus of revenue, uh, unlike states like California and Illinois, is we had a lot of money that could be given away and we turned into Oprah and started doling it out right and left and the Titans uh, ownership got got a significant share uh, of, of, of that largesse. It just it just doesn't make sense. My best friend and I are on two separate ends of the political views spectrum. And this is something that we have been able to come together on because any anyone can see that this is just not a good idea. It's just not principled. Yeah. It's not it, it's how you lead to become states like Alabama, where I came from, that doesn't have a lot of money in the coffers. It, this is how we get there is irresponsibly spending. Yeah, we, are the, we have the lowest debt in the nation. And it's not because we give money to fund stadiums. It's because we're fiscally prudent. In fact, the, the city of Nashville will still be paying off the bonds um, on the existing stadium for several years after it's been torn down. So let that sink in. So we'll be paying for two stadiums here soon instead of one. It's, it's actually the most, I keep forgetting about that point. And it's actually the most insane thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Well, uh, that is a little rundown. We'll be doing a blog post with some more takeaways here soon, but uh, Justin is right there in the middle of it every day, and so better him. Not anymore. Thank goodness. Not anymore. We're done. <laughs> we are done. We can um, resume our regularly scheduled programming. Yes, exactly. Back to back to some fun things and less chaos, at least until next January. Um, well, as soon as I say that, things actually are really freaking chaotic right now. Um, 
if you have not been living under a rock, you have heard that an unprecedented action was taken at the United States Supreme Court this week. Somebody, and I cannot wait to find out who because I have my thoughts, somebody leaked a draft opinion of a Roe v. Wade flip. Um, Justin, an attorney, but also somebody who has lived and worked in D.C., knows the ins and outs of everything that goes on up there. Uh, what are what were your, I know what your initial thoughts were. Why don't you share with the class what your initial <laughs> thoughts on this were? Because they were great. And, and I have read them aloud to several friends because the perspective that you give is, is really good on this. It, I was horrified by this. You know, Beacon doesn't work on uh, abortion policy. We work on economic uh, issues. And so it's not something that we're, you know, as an organization involved in that we all have strong opinions on the issue like most Americans do. Uh, but setting the particular issue aside, what happened was, you know, first of all, if it was an attorney uh, who works for the court or a justice um, themselves, uh, it this is the, the biggest ethical breach I've ever seen uh, in my career as an attorney. Part of the importance of the Supreme Court as an institution is that there are internal deliberations about opinions. And, you know, when they take an initial vote to determine after the hero oral arguments, they go into conference and they'll take an initial vote on a case so that they have a sense for where everybody is. And if there's like a 6-3 majority, the Supreme or the, the Chief Justice will appoint uh, a person, one of the justices to write the majority opinion. But over time, as they share the drafts of the majority and dissenting opinions, Sometimes it even flips Changes. because Changes. of what they write. Things change. And so you could and have what you, you've had opinions that started as a majority opinion that became the dissent and vice versa. And so knowing that uh, the, this person released what it appears to, to have released a draft opinion in order to bully and threaten certain justices out of voting uh, their conscience and not of voting the way they were going to vote. And the Supreme Court, the, the whole point is for it to be the third and independent branch of government to be depoliticized. Now, we're all fools if we think that the court is not political. Every, you know, every entity like that can, can get political, but it is inoculated from that to some degree. Justices don't run for political office. Uh, they're ultimately appointed by joint action of the two other branches of government. They serve lifetime tenure because this idea of that our founders had that they should not um, be subjected to blowing political winds that change over time. And so to inject those politics into that, this whole ends justify the means is egregious. It is an attack on the institution and it, it will literally, I mean, it threatens the lives of of these justices and sadly i think that was the intent of no, the I, person who did this i kept seeing tweets from just like christian people that i follow that never share about politics never share about politics but they were tweeting pray for alito roberts yeah. kavanaugh gorsuch and barrett because their families are now have now been put in danger because if somebody is unhinged enough to do that Imagine all the other unhinged people out there who take it as a personal attack. People need to quit taking this stuff as as just life and death 
as as they do in, in threatening others. It's just, just it's, it's insane. Well, it worries me too that this is a more systemic problem with our society is that, you know, for over 200 plus years, we had this notion that we, we may disagree with the people in office, but we respect the institutions. You'll hear people say, I can't stand the president, but I respect the office. Yes. Um, we don't have that anymore. Whether you go back to January 6th and those who tried to prevent uh, the, the Congress from fulfilling its constitutional responsibility or this, trying to undermine the independence of the, the Supreme Court and flip an opinion that you disagree with by using scare tactics and hostility. Um, it, it shows a lack of respect for the institutions that have made our country what it is and have protected our rights mm -hmm. uh, for, for many, many years. And I think our founders would be rolling over uh, in their graves right now. And so I hope we can kind of have a reckoning as a, as a society in America and say, we need to get back to respecting the institutions, even if we disagree with the people who hold those offices, because if we, these are systemic attacks. This is not just no. a disrespect or a disregard for those institutions. They are directed attacks against them in order to achieve some other political end uh, than, than that which will come to fruition uh, without that, you know, that kind of action. And, and that's, that's very, very. Um, I mean, it makes troubling. you it makes you miss Scalia and Ginsburg. You know, like yeah. they could not have disagreed on more, but they did Thanksgiving together. They were friends, yeah. and as I was developing my personal political philosophy, what I thought about things, and I would read stuff that Scalia said and loved it, and I would read stuff that Ginsburg said and I hated it. But then I read about their friendship, and realized that I think for me at least, their friendship drew a boundary around what is acceptable to disagree and get heated about and what is unacceptable, the interpersonal connections, the relationships, the friendships, and you don't have to hate somebody because you don't agree with what they think. Now for the next generation, I don't think, I'm worried that my kids, grandkids won't grow up in a world where they see people with dissenting opinions get along with each other. It's, it's you're either with me or you're against me. And that, that sucks, honestly. That's a scary kind of world to grow up in. Well, it's part of why we do decaf and, and things like this is because hopefully we can kind of rise above that polarization yeah. and talk about issues rather than politics uh, and, and talk to people on both sides of that. We have great relationships with groups that we disagree with um, and work closely with like the ACLU, for example, on criminal justice reform, uh, because we're we're willing to have those conversations. Some of my best friends I don't agree with on anything hardly, um, <laughs> but we love having debate and conversation, and and we're losing that. We're kind of retreating into our camps, and not only that, but then attacking institutions just because we don't like the outcomes, um, and and that's you know that that can spell. Uh, the end of many great things that we have if we don't rectify it. All that to say, if anybody wants to chat, no matter what you think, let us know. We're happy sure. to chat about all of it, except for Braves baseball. Okay, I got to say, <laughs> don't know that Justin and I are huge Braves fans. I just had to turn it off 
this week. Shout out to our board chair, John Sarasulo, huge Mets fan. You can have this one. Hopefully we'll be back. I was going to say we'll be back, but I'm losing confidence. Oh, Justin, what's happening? Well, you know, I will say that it is a rough start to the season after, you know, obviously we are world champions. So, you know, we've got um, a lot of pride in that, but coming into the season, having, of course, lost Freddie, which is sad, but got better. I mean, we, you know, we got Acuna back. Uh, we got Matt Olson. We got a really stellar team, yeah. amazing pitching roster. They're just not playing well. Uh, although I will say, you know, we did not play well until August last year and we won the World Series. So maybe it's a trend. Maybe we shall it's see. Trend. It's not I'm fun trying, right now. I'm trying but. to like replicate all my actions. So like early <laughs> in the season last year, I would watch the beginning of games and when it got ugly, I turned off the TV. And so I'm trying to like, like give this some good juju based on last year. What, what is it about? And I grew up playing baseball, so I fully understand this. I'm not superstitious in any way about anything other than baseball. And there's something about baseball that makes you the most superstitious person on earth. It's crazy. Yes. When you and Kara were in a game a few weeks ago, y'all were texting and and then who y'all there was the Dodgers. Who I know we uh, the the Marlins. It was the Marlins. Yeah. The Marlins hit a home run and I texted in all caps, you guys switch seats. We need to do you. <laughs> like it's just it, there's something about it that just gets in my head. I'm like, I'll do anything. I will change where I'm sitting. I'll go get a Michelob Ultra instead of a Bud Light. I'll do anything to get it back on track. It makes no sense. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the game. Um, well, hopefully the Braves will turn it around. You got any thoughts on the NFL draft and what, what went down last week? I didn't really watch it aside from looking at the men's suits. You know, I love men's suits. That's I didn't hilarious. really do anything else. But what are your thoughts on the actual substance of the draft? Yeah, I can say I speak directly. Well, congrats to the Georgia Bulldogs. I think had 15 draft picks, far more than any other team. Um, so we'll give them that shout out. You but hate them, not me. I, <laughs> well, I don't hate them as much as you do, Alabama fan. Okay. <laughs> um, for the Titans, at least, you know, if they had traded AJ Brown prior to the legislature voting on this uh, handout to the Titans, might not have gone the same way. I think some people are frustrated that they wouldn't you know, wouldn't try to try harder to, to reach a deal with him. I do worry that Tannehill without Brown and Jones is not going to do so well. Uh, he needs good receivers to, to really per perform at the level that we need him to perform. Uh, interesting quarterback pick that, you know, and that's all Tannehill said. I don't, in the last couple of days that my job isn't to, to mentor him. Um, I don't like that kind of leadership attitude. Yeah, it's possible he'll take your job someday, but, um, you know, at least teach him the ropes uh, along the way. So I have mixed feelings about it. I think that we had a good draft class. I mean, we've got a couple wide receivers. We've got a, a good future potential quarterback. Uh, but I do think that we've got some internal politics going, going on that are going to make it hard to get past and win if we don't won't reconcile those things yeah the NFL is not my vibe and it is because of that leadership like Tannehill said in college you have to bolster everyone you you just have to and if you don't the coach will sit you down like they're not definitely paying different you. yeah you'll get sit on the bench in the NFL not the case not a really good team mentality in a lot of cases and so not it's not my vibe it's not my energy and 
I, I don't know. You kind of you kind of want to see what Tannehill's story is going to be uh, after that. Um, before we go, it is summer. It was 86 degrees yesterday. I was sweating. I'm my creds, white, yellow. Speaking of not doing well, um, <laughs> although we're in the postseason, in the playoffs, uh, wear my preds, yellow and blue polo. So. That's right. Yes. Oh, we just love, we could talk about sports. This should be a sports sports topic. Um, but we, uh, we are excited for some summer travel. My family is doing our classic beach trip. My sister's husband will be joining us for the first time, which is, the first time a boy has That's ever cool. been on our beach trip for years. Poor and years. guy. <laughs> Poor guy. It's all, it's been the three Dawson girls since I was like 15 or 16. And now Ryan's going to be there. So it's good that we have someone to carry our chairs. And he knows. Oh, he knows. I'm glad that is his function. They're very functional. <laughs> very, it's very functional to have a man around in the house. But you've got big plans. Okay. You and Kara are travelers. That is what you do. Y'all always do something big. I'm so jealous. Maybe one day when I get married, I'll start jetting off in the summer uh, with with my fella. But what have y'all got planned this year? So I'm in the presidential leadership scholars class that wraps up uh, next month in Philly. We've never done Philly. And so I'm going to have to never been to Philly, which is crazy. So we're going to spend the weekend there, going to get some Philly cheesesteaks and see all the the local sites. I'm pretty excited about that um, just because we have have never done it and are going to be there anyway. And then our big trip, we're finally going back to Europe for the first time since 2019. So because of COVID, we've we've still made our pledge to do an international trip every year, even during COVID. We went to the Caribbean. Um, So we, we, we checked that off our list, but we haven't been back to Europe and we're going to Greece. Uh, with Kara's mom and, and her best friend. So we're very excited. Uh, been wanting to go to Greece for a long time. We just booked our flights this weekend. So I'm very, very excited about that. That's going to be so much fun. I can't wait to see all the photos. You have to go to all the places that they feature in the movies with like the white and the blue. Oh, yeah. so it might be touristy. You got to get a mixed bag too. So we're going to Santorini where we'll have, you know, a lot of the touristy stuff and then Noxos, which is not as touristy. It's not like Mykonos or Santorini as much and a little more off the beaten path, which I prefer. I like to see the touristy stuff, but spend more time living like a local. And actually we're going to go and uh, have, you know, cook a like traditional Greek meal in the home of, uh, you know, Greek mom. So that's going to be really cool. So those are the kinds of things that I like to do. That's going to be so much fun. I can't wait to see the pics. Justin always travels with his big camera and gets like high quality pics. So can't wait to see all that. That's that's so exciting. Follow me on Instagram. Yes. Justin D. Owen. At Justin D. Owen. All it is is pictures of Henry and traveling. So it's all that matters. It's all it's all that matters, truly. Well, any final thoughts before we sign off for the day? I think I've ranted thoroughly enough today. So we love that. He got his quota in, which means that I'll be off the hook for the rest of the day. <laughs> That's right. And I'll probably won't get back on the podcast for another year or so. So enjoy it while it lasts, everybody. Listen, you're the boss. You got to give Mark the boot. I can't do that. That's about my favorite. <laughs> everybody have a great weekend. We'll see you next time.